of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to the children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we will discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week again, I'm joined by my co-host Eve from Connecticut. Hello. <laughs> We're going to be talking today about uh, about one of my favorite John Hughes films. Uh, Kind of, we're going to use this to round out our John Hughes spotlight. But again, if there are any movies that we decide on later within John Hughes that we want to cover, we might cover it. If you guys have some suggestions out there, please go ahead and mention them to us. We might cover it. But this week, we're going to go ahead and round it out with the uh, 1985 American teen sci-fi slash comedy film uh, written and directed by John Hughes called Weird Science. All right. Um. <laughs> Gotta say, I love this movie again. I, I'm gonna say it's not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it is. It is basically written, as you mentioned off air. It, it's basically written for the 13 to 16 year old crowd for mo- for Absolutely. boys. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yes. I loved it. I mean, what were your thoughts on it? Well, I have never seen this movie until just this past week, and yeah, (laughs) I am a 36-year-old woman. I am not a 13-year-old boy, so most of it, and of course, the fact that it was in the mid-80s, you know, I, I enjoyed certain aspects of it. But I kind of was like watching it and going, what the fuck, <laughs> through most of it, and shaking my head and going, oh, wow, this is so cheddar. Oh, <laughs> you're killing me. You know? You're killing me. This is, I mean, this is like one of my favorite movies of the I'm 80s. Sorry. So. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I liked it for the, you know, because I like John Hughes and I like his, you know, I like his style and I like how he can kind of tap into the teenage mind um and there were a lot of funny parts in this movie and a lot of things that he i kind of saw you know because i'm studying john hughes and his movies doing these podcasts with you i saw a lot of things you know similarities to other movies that he's done and you know picked up little trivia bits and stuff so it was cool to kind of experience it for the first time at 36 um i don't know really why i didn't watch it as a kid because I did like John Hughes and I did like Anthony Michael Hall. So I'm the only thing I can think of is maybe because maybe the the trailer for the movie was kind of geared more towards boys. And I just thought, Oh, it's going to be a sci-fi boy movie. I'm not into that. Um, But yeah, I I never, it never even occurred to me over the years to even check it out, which is kind of strange, but yeah, a lot of cheese and a lot of what the fuck (laughs) in my opinion, but it, it was still a fun movie. And I did, you know, I, I, I can't say that I disliked it or that I hated it. I, I I watched it twice and I liked it, but there were a lot of things about it that were just like, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. some of it was like, when I saw some stuff of it, I was just kind of like, holy crap. Holy crap, yeah. Um, it was just, you know, it was cool. And just, you know, I like Anthony Michael Hall. I think he's got a lot of talent um, and... Just there were just some things about it that were just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> well, which I will cover. Let, mm. Let's kind of jump into the cast a little bit, just so we can kind of introduce sure. everybody to these characters and who's playing them. Yeah. Uh, start off, two stars of the film. We had Anthony Michael Hall and Elon Michael Mitchell Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had to look up his how to pronounce his name because I'm looking at it I'm like, what the fuck. Elon, so, yeah, I was wondering about that too. I wasn't sure if it was Ian, Elon. Yeah, Elon uh, Mitchell Smith. Huh. Huh. Uh, 
Anthony Michael Hall, we know about him. He's played tons of films, you know, still kind of acting. I mean, for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast, let me give you a quick rundown of most of the John Hughes films that we've talked about previously. Mm -hmm. Uh, 16 Candles, National Lampoon's Vacation, Edward Scissorhands, Pirates of Silicon Valley, Johnny Be Good, The Dead Zone. Uh, God, I know I'm missing some here, but. Yeah, he's been in a lot. Yeah. Um, Ian Mitchell Smith, Elon Mitchell Smith, uh, he was, you know, he played his Wyatt Donnelly, uh, Anthony Michael Hall played his Gary Wallace, mm-hmm. uh, Elon, he really had, this was his big role, uh, this was yeah. kind of, he, he had done some other films before and he did some stuff afterwards, uh-huh. uh, one of the films that I remembered was, it was kind of like one of these, uh, like one of these made for TV films, short films that they did. Uh, it was called How to Be Perfect Person in Just Three Days. Interesting. And I, I yeah. remember this film because it was a little, I want to say it was like something that came out of Toronto or uh, like New York in uh-huh. uh, the early 80s. Oh, wow. Uh, late, you know, late 70s, early 80s, because they had Elon Mitchell Smith. He was trying to, you know, he, he was trying to become a perfect person. He was kind of just this goober as a mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. And you see him. Uh, he sits down and he starts watching this video on how to be a perfect person because he thought, you know, yeah. that'll make me liked and everybody will like me and want me to be their yeah. friend. And yeah. the guy who was doing the video and teaching him how to be a perfect person was uh-huh. none other than Wallace Shawn. And oh, really? So, yeah, Wallace Shawn, for those of you who don't know, Wallace Shawn oh. was the Zini in Princess Bride, uh, yeah. which I will be covering at a future date here uh, for the podcast. That's a that's a given for me because I love that movie. Yes. Uh, Wallace Shawn was also Rex from Toy Story. Uh, mm-hmm. But just to give you an example of some of the stuff that he's done that people would know him from. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Elon went ahead and he did that film. Uh, he had a couple of other things. He had some smaller roles on the live action TV series Superboy, uh, yeah. which ran from 88 to 92. And uh-huh. found out about that coincidentally with that show. Uh, it was actually the very first thing that they ever filmed down at the Disney MGM Studios in Florida. Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, so when you see a lot of the stuff that's being shot around the city and such, where they're flying around, it's actually done in Florida area. Very cool. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I've never seen him. And, you know, if I, I'm trying to think, I don't remember ever really seeing any of that stuff that he's been in because I was thinking, yeah. has he been in anything else or is he just kind of a one one movie guy like, you know, Jake from 16 Candles? I, I could not place him anywhere. Well, I mean, he's done huh. stuff, but he kind of realized after doing uh, Weird Science that it was pretty much on its down. Like for him, his acting career was pretty much on its downstroke because he really had to work really hard oh. in order to be the talent. And he's just like. You know, it's I'm not this. into this that much that I really want to do this kind of yeah. thing. I'm just, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and, and he had a passion, believe it or not, not so much for doing the movies uh-huh. as for medieval literature. Oh, and really? So he actually is now teaching uh, down at Texas A&M. No kidding. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's a huh. university teacher down there. And he Very said he, cool. it, it's kind of cool because he loves going out and he teaches and he actually gets people involved in in the medieval literature that he's studying. Things like uh-huh. old English and translating it and whatnot, and wow. I mean, I actually went out and found this interview about it, and he and you know people were saying that oh yeah we love it you know we love the fact that he's coming out here, but it's yeah. kind of like he hates it because he's kind of like at the same time people go hey I heard the actor from Weird Science is teaching here at the school somewhere, and he yeah. goes uh, yeah that's me, 
so you know, I mean, neither that it's he's still kind of relevant in that regard that people still a I mean this movie came out almost 30 years ago you know so it's kind of neat that you know and these people haven't you know in theory you know college students or whatever haven't been born yet so it's kind of you know a nod to him that they still know who he you know they know who he is that's really cool yeah he says he goes I really kind of hate talking about my acting career it's it's kind of just you know and I understand that he's burned out about it he kind of hates it and it's like look I'm done with it yeah. Let's talk about English. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very cool. Uh, now, coming down the list, we also have, uh, oh, my God, she was hot in this film, but as of now, she looks like a plastic surgery nightmare. Oh. Uh, Kelly LeBrock. Oh, um, I haven't seen recent pictures of her. Oh, oh. I'm not surprised. Yeah, Bad. it looks like she overinflated her lips with collagen. Oh, of course. Yes. You know, she looks oh. like a catfish now. Oh, it's God. It's horrible. Uh, but yeah, oh. Kelly LeBrock as Lisa. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my God! When I saw her in this film, I, my, I was like, this, "There are scenes like when she first shows up, mm-hmm. you know." I'm like, oh. "Yeah, you know, yeah. she was she's pretty damn hot in this movie." And I mean, no matter where we really saw her, she was hot. Yeah. She's a you know she was a and that's something I'm gonna I have to interject my two cents here. I thought that she was pretty, uh, and she you know she was pretty. But I wouldn't say she's, you know, drop dead gorgeous, beautiful, and I'm probably going to get some backlash for that. But I think that John Hughes did a really good job casting somebody that was pretty and could turn heads, but not so pretty that. And I and I have a theory as to why he did that. And that that's just my opinion. You know, she's got she had a rock and bod for sure. Um, but you know, yeah, her lips were a little too big, and there were just things about her that I, I could say, you know, she's a pretty girl. Even my husband agreed with me, believe it or not. And I don't think he was just saying that to you know kiss my ass. He actually did say, you know, Kelly LeBrock is, you know, she's pretty, and she's got a great body, but she's not what I would consider a classic beauty. No. Um, and you know, I we actually were talking about you know my theory about that, which is pretty much that it would be unbelievable because my first thought was why didn't he cast Christy Brinkley to be, you know to be Lisa, um, who I happen to think Christy Brinkley is just drop dead gorgeous. Um, and my husband was like, well, maybe it's because she had to be attractive and, and beautiful and, you know, good body, but not so hot that the boys couldn't realistically drop her to go with the teenage girls. Does that make sense? I think you're right on that. I, I yeah. think you're very much right on yeah. that. Yeah. And so it just was one of those things that was like, and that was something that, you know, Daniel and I had just kind of talked about. And it was like, you know, you're right. Because if they had, you know, if he had casted, you know, Christy Brinkley or somebody even, you know, more, you know, classically beautiful, it wouldn't have been, you know, they wouldn't have, it would have been difficult to believe, okay, they're going to drop this drop dead gorgeous, you know, person that they created for teenage girls. So, but yeah, I'd have to see recent pictures of Kelly LeBrock, but I don't even really know what other movies she's been in. All I know of her was that she was married to like Steven Seagal, wasn't she? Yeah, she actually, (laughs) uh, she showed up in the movie, The Woman in Red. That's right. Okay, um, there was, yes, with that's Gene right. Wilder. Uh, yes, she was with right. Steven Seagal in Hard to Kill. And then she did that's something right. else. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of other films later on in her life. Uh, okay, she did Gamers. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember. There was something else that she did uh, that, like, she had a small role in. Oh, uh, she was uh, the evil queen or one of the evil queens in um, Sorcerer's Apprentice. I never saw that. Oh, wow. And that was fairly recent? Uh, yeah. Um, oh. I want to say it was like 2000, 
2012. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, yeah, it, it had uh, Nicolas Cage and it had um, Jay Barukel in it. Oh, um, okay. And, and she's basically kind of one of the evil queens. And she looks good, but when you see her, you're like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Definite work done, huh? It's yeah. very obvious. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking lots of makeup, help save her type of thing. Yeah, that's not good. Ugh, um, that's a shame. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's, you can tell, like, you know, you see her and Catherine Maybach together, Catherine Maybach being Daisy Duke from Duke's uh-huh. Advising. Yes. Yeah. Um, you guys, they look like Joan, uh, Joan Rivers. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's more plastic in the face than there is anything else. Oh, no. That's a shame, too, because your face is your fortune when you're an actress, you know? Yeah. That's, oh, that's too bad. Uh, but moving down, we have next guy here who I have on my list. He's been very popular in a lot of things. We've seen him show up in tons and tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Paxton, who played Chet yes. Donnelly. Great. You know, I mean, and I mean, he was perfect oh. in this. Just a complete asshole. Oh, complete asshole! I laughed my way. He was the best comic relief in this entire movie. I thought. I thought oh, he yeah. made the movie for me. I, oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, he he he's played in a bunch of films besides Weird Science. Uh, he was Private yeah. Hudson in Aliens, uh, yep. Dane in Navy Seals, Jerry Lambert in Predator Two, yep. uh, Fred Hayes in Apollo Thirteen, uh, yep. Bill Harding in Twister. And then, of course, my most recent memory of him, he played as Bill Henriksen in the HBO TV series Big Love, where he played a polygamist. Oh, yeah. I have not seen that, but I want to oh, check it out. It, it's good. I mean, like, it, it's yeah. really kind of twisted because you think that, like, he's supposed to be this good and, you know, God-fearing type person and that he believes in, you know, the Holy Scripture and all this uh, of the Mormon, yeah. uh, the Mormon church. Uh-huh. But then you see him going from wife to wife to wife. Uh-huh. And, and at the same time, you kind of see that he really is a family man. He does love all of his kids. He does love his wives. Yeah. But it's kind of like, wow, um, okay. Uh-huh, kind of thought-provoking and yeah, like, hmm, yeah, things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> uh, next one we have here. Uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody has recognized this guy. He's shown up in a bunch of things uh, before and since Weird Science. Uh, oh, you might have seen him as, oh, I don't know, Tony Stark, uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin, you know, Derek yes. Lutz. Uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. That's right. Uh, and it's funny because in this film, if you see his name show up in the credits, it's not Robert Downey Jr. It's just Robert yeah. Downey. Robert Downey and his early movies. Yeah, he did. I don't know when that switched. I'll, I'm kind of curious about that. But yeah, there was other movies I saw him in from like the early 80s. And yeah, it's all it's Robert Downey. Yeah, so but I don't know when he decided to change that. But yeah, exactly. I don't know if, if Weird Science was his first role. Do you know about that? If that uh, was no, first? actually it wasn't. There were some others that he had done before this, but Weird Science was one of his earlier films. Yeah. Uh, he did, I know he did, um, I can't remember if it was before or after, I'd have to go look at the dates, but he did uh-huh. Derek Lutz uh, for Rodney Dangerfield film Back to School. Uh, Back which, to School was after. Back okay. to School, I want to say it was 86, maybe. Okay, I know it was right around the same time. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, but yep. I mean, he was also, he showed up as Larry Paul in Ally McBeal. Uh, uh-huh. 
he played one of one of the things that he got nominated for an Oscar, basically in his kind of comeback role back mm-hmm. to Hollywood after he finally started getting himself cleared up, cleaned up. Uh, he played a white man playing a black man. Uh, yes. His character name of Kirk Lazarus in the movie yes. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, yep. And then, of course, he was also Sherlock Holmes in the Guy Ritchie uh, Sherlock Holmes movies, which yep. I think they're coming out with a third one. I I heard something about that, but I haven't really seen much about it. So I haven't seen anything, but I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, you know, there's a couple of other characters which we have here going down the list. Uh, nobody who I really recognized all that yeah. much. Uh, there was one guy, Michael Berryman, who was the mutant biker. And when you see him, he's got like this oh. really long con- conical head. Yes. Uh, okay. He was yeah, in the Hills Have familiar. Eyes. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you know who played the dad? Um, Gary's dad. He looks familiar to me too. Oh God. You know, I, I saw him and I can't remember. Uh, yeah. let me see. Ivor Barry and Ann Coyle. Uh, I know I've seen them before. I just yeah, don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I have too, and I cannot place them. I, when I was watching it, I'm like, where? The, the mother too, but in particular the dad. I'm like, where have I seen him before? And they had the, he had the same kind of look on his face, the look of like, you know, just blank stare slash disgust. Um, so I've seen him portray a similar character before, and I cannot place him. It's going to bug me now. Yeah, well, looking here on Wikipedia, it says that he was – uh, he was in Bonanza, Daniel Boone, Bewitched, Mission Impossible, oh, Highway Bewitched. to Heaven. Bewitched. So, he might have. He might. Yes, I might have placed him in Bewitched. I used to watch that. Oh, how cool! So, I mean, I, I'm not sure what he was, what he would have played in there, but uh, you know, he's he's had a couple of roles other than that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had Michael Barrowman. Uh, Another guy, which we mentioned in the last uh, one of the last ones we did, Breakfast Club, uh, yes. John Kaplos, who showed up uh-huh. as Dino. Uh, Dino was the guy who owned the Blues Club. When you see them going, and he starts making fun of uh, Anthony Michael Hall with a with a cowboy hat, right? Yeah. Uh, no, not the cowboy hat, but like he had the um, he, he had like the fedora on, and he was he was playing oh, like fedora. almost like a Puerto uh, like a Puerto Rican type guy who's oh, giving him right. shit. Yeah, that's right. He, yeah, I wasn't a cowboy hat. That's right. Because he ends up giving it, or like, there's a scene where Anthony Michael Hall is drunk and he's wearing the hat. That's right. Yes, yes. Right, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I was he like, I'm looking, I'm like, John Kaplos, and I went, Dino, oh crap, that's him. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he was the janitor in the breakfast club. He was um, yep. Carl, so, you know, he comes back in for this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really didn't have a whole lot more of like, Anybody who really stood out to me? No, uh, no. You know, I mean, there there was a couple of people. There was uh, there was one guy, and I don't have his name listed down here. Uh, he was he was the guy who was like the the leader of the uh, bikers that came in, and <gasps> that guy actually played in uh, one of the Mad Max films. And it's basically, he wore the exact same outfit in Weird Science. You know, I was Max watching film. that and I thought of Mad Max and I was like, is this a, tr- is this a reference to Mad Max? He lo- mm-hmm. it, it totally had that vibe to me mm-hmm. and I, oh, I'm glad I was right about that because Mad Max was also another movie like Weird Science that I didn't really catch as a kid. Um, I saw it fairly recently as an adult, but yeah, that was what totally struck me. I was like, Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, they were basically ripping right on that and just trying to make uh, that same look. 
Uh-huh. So, I mean, he's he's been in some other things, again, trying to trying to link it all together for everybody here. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, so let's kind of jump in a little bit about uh, the plot of the movie. Okay. Um, plot of the movie basically takes place, it, again, you know, Shermer. John Hughes loves Shermer, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, takes place in Shermer. You got these two high school nerds. You have Gary Wallace, who's Anthony Michael Hall, and Wyatt Donnelly, played by Elon Mitchell-Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. They basically are just, they're bullied, you know. You got Ian Ian and Max, uh, who are Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Rustler. Mm-hmm. Those guys are so fucking slimy. I mean, oh, just with, it, was, oh, it was so bad it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with how they were flirting and hitting on Lisa, but, oh, yeah. you know, they, they basically, they pants the kids in front of the entire uh, girls' gymnastics class and, you know, PE. Great opening scene. Great opening scene. And I have to say, an observation, because I, ca- I watched it twice, and I thought it was interesting. You know, the boy, you know, they're there checking out the girls in the gym and talking about showering with them, you know, hitting the town and partying and drinking and all that. And mm-hmm. I found it interesting that that's exactly what they did with Lisa later on in the movie. Oh, that was their whole idea yeah. of what you do with a woman. Exactly. I just thought it was cute that it was exact. I mean, pretty much in the exact order that they said we want to shower with them and then we want to, you know, hit the town with them and then we want to drink and party. It was just it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and of course, the second time I saw it, I, I caught that. I was like, that's exactly what they did with Lisa. How funny. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, but they, they go on here. They're, they're at Wyatt's house and they're kind of like, you know, hey, we have the entire house to ourselves for the weekend, which yeah. isn't entirely true because. Chet the asshole does show oh. up and he's there kind of watching over Wyatt. Uh, uh, God, he parents, was such an asshole. You know, he his, was so their, good. Their parents don't trust him. So, mm-hmm. uh, But they're watching, they're sitting there and they're watching monster movies and they happen to be watching Frankenstein. Uh-huh. And they decide, you know, hey, Anthony Michael Hall gets this idea. Hey, let's build a woman for us. You know, yeah. we'll create a perfect woman on our home computer, uh, which yeah. Wyatt happens to be this, you know, genius hacker. Uh, he mm. takes this computer, he uh, hacks into it, reaches the computing capacity, and they're kind of looking at each other, and he goes, look, this chick is, you know, he goes, well, what can we do with her? Well, we can make her play chess with us, because that's about as smart as we can get with my computer. Uh-huh. So they hack into a government mainframe, they power it up, and, you know, Gary's going, you know, look, dude, we got to pump this up, we got to pump this up, we got to get more juice for this. We want our mm-hmm. woman to be smart, we want her to be perfect. And that's another thing is that when they're designing her, they start shaping out her body and they're like, we got to give her perfect tits. You know, they mm-hmm. start ballooning up the tits and then they look at each other and, you know, Gary looks at him and says, oh man, you know, more than a handful, it's too much. It's a waste. <laughs> Which I will kind of agree with that. Uh-huh. I will kind of agree with that. But, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so they go, they go through, they get all these finishing touches on, they hook up a Barbie doll to Wyatt's computer uh, Which, where the hell did they get the Barbie doll? Oh, I guess, well, didn't, okay. yeah, didn't Wyatt have a younger sister? That wasn't really addressed in the movie, but he there yeah. was a scene where he was in a little girl's room. Yeah, and I didn't understand that because it shows yeah. Wyatt, and he's there in the girl's room, and I'm like, where the hell did the sister go? If they just have Chad yeah. and him. You know, you never saw the sister. She was never mentioned, but there's this yeah. girl's room in the house, and it's like, 
Yeah, that's kind of, it was weird. It was like, okay, they never, they mentioned us, an older sister because there was a quote that I actually wrote down that it was kind of cute. Um, the scene in the beginning where they're, you know, he's, um, they're spending the night at Wyatt's house and Anthony Michael Hall is talking about, you know, the sister as he's shaving in the mirror. Um, and I guess the sister's name was Chloe, if I remember correctly. And then the brother's like, Chloe, who'd marry her? Or no, no, I, um, uh, Gary had said that Chloe who'd marry her and then the bro- and uh, Wyatt's like well he's studying to be a vet and I thought that was kind of cute um, so they did mention a sister but my understanding was that the sister was much older if she's able to be getting you know old enough to get married so I thought it was just kind of strange because yeah in the later scene in the movie the room looked like a little girl's room and I was like hmm yeah, and there's and Barbie was, doll it was the it's Barbie like, dolls okay. it was the, the you know the, the plastic horses lined up on the walls yeah, there I was like yeah. what the canopy bed there i just i was like hmm and then i just figured at first i was kind of like the bras on their heads what the fuck and i thought well maybe they just raided the mother's you know lingerie drawer or something i don't know they may have that was and and that was a classic scene for this film is that (laughs) everybody who sees that knows as soon as you see somebody with bras you know two kids with bras on their head boom flashback to to 1985 Exactly. So, it's just that was one of the what the fuck moments for me. But yeah, oh, personally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was still funny. It was still funny. But yeah, I have to also say here too. Okay, yes, maybe why it was a computer, you know, computer genius and all of that, you know. But I just thought it was interesting. Okay, they they watch Frankenstein. You know, Gary gets the idea to build a girl, and then you'd think, okay, they would have showed maybe a couple of attempts and a couple of fuck ups. No, it's completely seamless throughout the, okay, yeah, let's do it once he convinces Wyatt to do it. I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, they do this and he knows all the buttons to push. He knows all the things to do. He gets into the government or whatever and then he creates this girl seamlessly. There's no fuck ups. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, okay, it's it's almost like they knew how to do this all along from the get go, even though they've never done it before. And I was just like, yeah, that's not realistic. You know, that that was part of the cheese factor to me. It was like, he obviously had this knowledge of how to build this girl, you know, all along. Right. Um, But, you know, it was, was, this is an adult looking at it and going, "Uh oh, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, the Barbie doll, I'm assuming came from the little girl's room. Which maybe the little girl, you know, maybe it was just the room was just kept like that and all her toys and stuff were kept like that. You know, the older sister. I don't know, but I thought that was weird. I'm like, where the hell did they come with a Barbie doll? Already yeah. did. But they they did have, uh, you know, they went through the Barbie doll. They had, uh, you know, the Wyatt's computer. The, the, right as they go to hit the enter button, lightning strikes the house. You know, everything yes. kind of goes haywire. Oh, uh, I loved it. You know, and of course... What happens? The door swells and it blows open off their bathroom door. Oh yes! And yes. standing there, in the little skinny, you know, little skinny, teeny tiny, uh, bra and panties, and yeah. that like half-cut shirt. Uh huh. You see Kelly LeBrock, and that was like when I saw that, and just you know, they got to about her waist, and I was like, oh. Yeah, she had a killer bod. Absolutely, you know, she and she had it going totally, on. She had it going on. Her face. She was pretty, but not what I would consider drop dead gorgeous again. But yeah, yeah. the body I think was that, I think that might have been what he was trying to accentuate was the body, quite yeah. quite possibly. But yeah, she definitely had it going on. Um, I thought it was funny too. Before we get any further, I don't know if you caught this, but since we've been doing the John Hughes spotlight, um, and the, I think it was the same scene where um, Gary is shaving in the sink. And they're talking about the sister and all of that. And they're talking about, or maybe they're talking about later on about building the girl. Um, and then Wyatt turns to Gary and is like, well, what about your girlfriend in Canada? 
um, you know, you've got a girl in Canada. And I thought it was interesting because didn't that come up in Breakfast Club where he, uh, Anthony Michael Hall and Judd Nelson were talking and he had said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm seeing a girl. I lost my virginity to a girl in Canada. I don't know if you yes. caught that little reference. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a little throwback to Breakfast Club. He's talking about having a girl in Canada in Breakfast Club. And then he talked about having a girl in Canada. On oh, Weird yeah. Science. That so. was the whole thing is that you always had some girl from camp or you had some girl from Canada. From or Canada. Something. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, they're I, the ones I, I, who I, give you the blowjob and who do <laughs> wild things because there's nothing else to do up there. <laughs> that's right. I just thought it was cute. I was like, yeah, that's a little nod to, to Breakfast Club there. Yeah. So and I have to say, you know, another thing, um, what the fuck was up with Anthony Michael Hall's hairstyle? I know that was big in the 80s. But oh my god, I, <laughs> that, that was my first thing. I'm like looking at it, I'm like, oh, that hairstyle. Oh, so well, awful. I, I got to give it props, though. I liked it better than I liked Wyatt's. Wyatt's was just Actually, like... Actually, yeah. Yeah. You know. Total nerd. Total nerd. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do know that they come out, you know, when they first see Kelly LeBrock. Uh, oh, well, you know what? Hold on a second. I want to talk real quick about something that kind of popped up. Uh, uh -huh. When they start hacking the computer... Yeah. That whole scene where they're showing them hacking it, I found that really interesting because, again, I'm kind of a computer, ju you know, computer junkie. I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a nerd myself. I'll admit that. In fact, I'm wearing a shirt right now that says, nerd, I prefer the term intellectual badass. But, nice. Uh, give you an idea about that. That particular film, that was actually really, really kind of different because the animation that they were using yeah. for that. Vector graphics. Uh, it was actually uh -huh. the really popular thing in the 80s because this was really kind of the birth of computer generation. Yes. Uh, computer yes. animation. We actually saw stuff with Tron back in 84. Uh-huh. Uh, uh -huh. You know, or 83 we saw that. Uh, and now we're seeing, uh, you know, now we're starting to see more vector graphics showing up here. Uh, we start seeing the, you know, when they actually get into the hack and they hack in through there and you see them getting through the tunnel and everything, uh -huh. uh, you know, you see the time going around, you see the E equals MC squared flipping around. Uh -huh. All of that was actually that. stuff that they used at SIGGRAPH. Uh, it, was, it was stuff that they had learned about in with computer generation in, at uh, the uh, Silicon Graphics. Uh, God, I'm trying to remember what it stands for. But SIGGRAPH is like this big graphics and animation type thing uh, uh -huh. that they run every year up in like San Francisco. Very cool. And that SIGGRAPH is actually kind of where Pixar got its start uh, with Steve Jobs oh. because they did one of their very first things was that they had created a bee flying through a forest and actually told a story, even though it was really kind of disjointed when they first did it. With, there, was, there was a lot of line art you know, or um, wireframe models that were put in there. And it was really the guys were creating these things to show off what computers could do now. Yeah. Uh, so to kind of put stuff together, and, and you kind of saw that in this short video, is that it really was... You know, the computer graphics were pretty shitty back then. Oh, it was so cheesy and so like, but it, it was really cool though because again, experiencing this movie for the first time as an adult, I'm oh, looking yeah. back at this, I'm going, oh my god, we've come so far. You know, yeah. so it was, it was just like the like, wow, I remember that. I remember Atari. I remember, you know, it kind of reminded me like of Tron and yep. um, 
there's a couple of other movies that I can't think right offhand, but the graphics totally rem- it was reminiscent of that, and I just I, I had a sense of nostalgia, so, which is what I actually did like about that movie is that it did kind of bring me back to 1985, and just how far we've come, and and the technology, and just like oh my god, this is so cheesy, and I love the 80s soundtrack in the background too. Oh. I don't, Bongo Bongo's Word Science. Come on. Yes. Oh, that's my favorite part of the movie is that song. But yeah, just it was kind of neat, just kind of going back and just experiencing the the nostalgia of it, Um, and the cheesy graphics and the cheesy, you know, '80s music and all of that. Um, But yeah, it was. I I, and I couldn't because I'm not. I'm not computer illiterate, but I'm not technologically like that advanced. So I didn't quite understand what was going on. Was he tapping into the government computer? Like I didn't. Okay. And the whole purpose of that was to make her smarter. Uh, Because they were what they had with with his current power was that it wouldn't power anything more than a fifth grade idiot level. Boring, boring dipshit. Is that what I think that was? Yes. Okay. So they did that thinking, okay, this is the this is the intelligence of the country. We're going to tap into this. Okay. I thought that, but I wasn't quite sure. I was like, Hmm. Okay. Now when they did that, it actually gave her some interesting things besides looking hot. It gave her some really cool abilities. Uh, Oh, yes, it did. Yeah. You know, things like memory manipulation, uh, you know, molecular manipulation, reality warping. You know, she basically was changing all sorts of shit in there. Yeah, it was so uh, cool. That, that part of it was cool. I like that. You know, like one of the, one of the first things that they do when they meet her, because she says to them, what would you like, what would you little maniacs like to do first? And, yeah. you know, what do they do? They shower they, with her. They take a shower. Yep. And, of course, when they take their shower, what are they wearing while they're taking their shower with her? Shorts, right? Or they're jeans? wearing jeans and their tennis shoes because later on, when they meet up with the bikers, they make fun of them for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I mean, Love it. and this was the thing, you know, we never did see, you know, we saw her legs, we saw her back, we yep. never saw her butt, we never saw her boobs. Nope. So kind of makes Very me think... Done. I want to say this movie might have been like PG or PG-13 because of that. I believe it was PG. You know, so. Yeah, yep. Yep, it was very, it was very well done in terms of that. She didn't, she showed enough to where you could, you know, if 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 I were a boy, I, I, you know, my imagination would be peaked. (laughs) Hey, you know, birth of a chubby. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the boys, she basically realizes that the boys are really uptight. They need to lower their inhibitions a bit and kind of get loose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She takes them out in that 1959 pink Cadillac. Oh, the Cadillac DeVille. Oh, that was such a nice car. Oh, yeah. The fact that you see them like jump the curb and they're running over stuff and scraping the bottom. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, she takes them to a blues club. She asks them what they should call her. And, you know, they come up with Lisa, which Lisa is actually a throwback to uh, Steve Jobs and Apple because Apple had actually, you know, Steve Jobs had actually created a computer that ended up being an expensive monstrosity for the company. Uh-huh. And it was called the Lisa. Really? Yes. And he actually oh. had named it after his first daughter, Lisa. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just absolutely incredibly expensive. But, you know, kind of kind of a little tie with that is that they bring that up in the Pirates of Silicon Valley movie, which, again, getting back to Anthony Michael Hall, he plays yeah. Bill Gates in that film. So there was a little bit uh-huh. of, you know, kind of linking all that crap around. <laughs> 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I have to, I still have to see that movie too. Very cool. It's good. It's good. But it was it was a made for TV movie that TNT mm-hmm. did uh, back in I want to say the late nineties, early two thousand maybe. But mm-hmm. kind of a nice touch. Very um, cool. But anyway, Lisa does take them to the Blues Club. They end up getting, uh, you know, they meet all the staff and kind of get in good with them. Uh, yep. You know, Gary gets blisteringly drunk. Oh, that was hilarious. You I know. love the name of the bar, too, the Candy Bar. I thought that yeah. was cute. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, it was great. I, the one thing, though, the one, the one what the fuck part about that was what the fuck was, was up with his voice. It was comical. It was funny. But I'm like, your voice doesn't necessarily change when you're drunk that bad, does it? I mean, I guess when you're a teenage boy, maybe it would. I don't, I don't know. But well, he was yeah. trying to fit in with all the black guys there, you know. The, yeah, the, so he was. The cool, yeah. you know, I'm trying to be a cool cat. That thing. Yeah, I, I'm trying to be cool. It. He continued it in the car on the way home, and then when he, in their dealings with Chet, when they got back to Wyatt's house, I'm like, would his voice really change that much being drunk? That part, I, I know it was all done for comedic value, but I was still kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, he, funny, was, he was pretty drunk at, at that. And I mean, just, you know, and, and Lisa kind of, kind of sees this a little bit. It, she realizes that when they come back, that Wyatt is terrified of Chet. That, yes. you know, Chet is basically, you know, doing everything he possibly can to screw Wyatt over. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and he basically says, you know, what's it going to cost for me, for you to keep shut, you know, keep your mouth shut? Yep. Well, you know, I'm going to want $175 in my wallet by 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Ah, oh, such a jerk. You know, and he goes through all that, and it's like, okay, um, sure, whatever you want, whatever you want, uh, Chet. You know, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, so they go yeah. through all that. You know, he kind of sees that. Uh, they do have a couple of, you know, Wyatt puts Gary to bed. Gary passes out in bed. And then Wyatt is trying to figure out what to do, and Lisa's like, you know, here, let's loosen up. Kiss me. Yeah. That scene is actually kind of funny because when they started doing it, you know, it was Uh all written, and she's like, okay, he was a 15-year-old kid kissing a 30-year-old woman. Yes, that that scene grossed me out. I have to interject. That was so gross. But he got a little too fresh with her. Oh, really? Uh, He actually got a little too into it. He started sticking his tongue down her throat. And she said in, in an interview that she did at Comic-Con uh, several years back that, you know, she, she basically, after they did it, she told him, you ever do that again, I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, and she kind of went with it for the scene because she didn't want to break character. She was cool enough for that. But afterwards, she told him, she goes, do that again, I'll kick your ass. Worse, oh. I'll have my husband kick your ass. Because her yeah, husband at the you- time... Steven Seagal. I was going to say, were they married at that time? I want to say, yeah, I I believe that they were in the 80s. Yeah, you know, and that was something, too. Not only was I grossed out by that scene, but it did make me wonder how old he really was at the time of that filming, because I knew she was a 30-something, late 20-something, you know, woman. So he was actually 15. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, there were, it just, it was gross. It, <laughs> it needed to be done to kind of loosen him up and, you know, teach yeah. him about girls and all that, but it was still gross. And so he actually slipped her the tongue during the filming of that, huh? huh. Yep, yep. Oh, boy. Not oh, something boy. I'd want to do necessarily. <laughs> no, no. Oh, boy. Good for her for sticking up for herself, though. But, yeah, and you have to kind of, of draw the line somewhere. And, you know, the sexual exploration, you know, if it happens on camera, that's kind of unfortunate. But, yeah, now, <laughs> you know. I do have to point out when he does wake up, you know, when they finally come to the next morning, 
Uh-huh. Best scene I think I, I enjoyed was that they come downstairs and Wyatt is dressed up in what Lisa was wearing when they first created yes! her. Yes! What the fuck? <laughs> you were wearing a pair of women's panties. What the you fuck? Know, Chad, of course, yeah, sees what... it and is like, oh, you have no idea how much this is going to cost to keep me shut up. Oh, God. I didn't understand that either. I'm like, okay, nothing happened between them, presumably, right? It was kind of implied that they were going to do something or she was going to do gymnastics for him or something and that he passed out. So after they're you know, having the discussion the next morning, I'm going, how the hell did he put on her panties? How did that come about? Oh, she used her manipulation things to put it on him and, you know, oh, oh type yeah, thing. She did. Oh, I'm okay. I'm sure she did just to screw with him. Try to get him okay, to stand yeah, up to Chet a little bit. It was a little bit of a plot hole, but I did, you know, now that I'm thinking, you know, picturing the scene, yeah, that, that yeah. has to be it. Maybe it was kind of a catalyst for her to, you know, yeah. kind of be aware of what Chet was doing. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I mean, after, I, I know that after that, they do go to the mall. They think mm -hmm. that, okay, we're getting better about ourselves. We're starting to open up and we're starting to relax a bit. And yeah. that's where they meet, you know, the two Roberts, you know. Uh-huh. You know, they run into Ian and Max, and Ian and Max decide they're going to bully him and dump the icy all over him. Oh, that was so bad. Oh, I felt so bad for them. Well, you know, they, they see their girlfriends, and of course, you know, Deb and Hilly, the two girls, they're kind of like, yeah. okay, you know what? These guys are being real assholes. Should we just dump them? <laughs> well, if we dump them, then we won't be part of the cool crowd anymore. Yeah. And it was kind yeah. of like, really? Popularity is that important to you? Exactly. Yeah. You know, Which, of course, you know what? At age fifteen, that's that's pretty that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was just like, whatever. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. So they yeah. they kind of leave, and you know, as they're leaving, Max, you know, Max and Ian, they do spot Lisa on the elevator on uh -huh. the escalator, and they're like, "Oh my god, we have to chase after her. We have to get her name. We have to get her number, type thing." And they're like, "Hey, um, we saw you looking at us." Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and then of course they're you know they're going through everything and they're looking at her and they're trying to talk to her and flirt with her and she's like, "Sorry, my ride's Whatever. here." What? And of course, what happens is that you know Gary and Wyatt pull up in the black Porsche nine twenty eight, which that thing's a uh, piece of crap. Was it, but, was it a nine twenty eight or was it a nine forty four? Nine twenty eight. Was it a nine twenty eight? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, he you know he sees it and I, and this is something interesting is that when that car pulls up and they go to get in, mm -hmm. license uh -huh. plate reads Gary. Yes. Gary's the yes. one who's peeling out in it and taking off. Yep. And, you know, they all leave, and, you know, Ian and Max are kind of like, what the fuck? How did two nerds get a hot chick like that? Exactly. The look on their faces was priceless in that, like, uh, I, I don't understand. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it was but, great, and they were not even, not even phased at all. I think that their outfits had changed, too, from the Icy's. So it was like, they, you know, they were totally dressed different, all cleaned up. And it was like they were kind of like throwing it back in their faces, but not really. It was very well done. How it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we got a, we got a you know, hot chick, we got a hot car, whatever, you know. I like how they just kind of played it off without rubbing it into Robert Downey Jr.'s face, you know. Yeah. It was like it, they didn't have to. They had the hot chick, you know. Very well done. But, you know, they go through all that. They, you know, they're trying to go through this. Lisa says, hey, you know, why don't you guys come to the party that I'm going to have here at the house? Uh-huh. And so they're like, um, okay, sure. And Wyatt finds out about it. He's like, look, we got to cancel this party. We, we, You know, we can't do this. No, we can't. I don't want to have a party at the house here. Yeah. You know? And mm -hmm. so she's like, well, no, we're going to do it. That's going to be it, and we're going to go on with this. Mm -hmm. Gary's like, there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to go to this party. You know, and he goes <laughs> home. 
he goes home and he takes Lisa home to meet his parents. And this is just, you know. Oh, that was so over the top. It's oh. a freaking nightmare. You oh, know, it was awful. Yeah. He starts trying to talk to his parents and his, his mom is like, you know, no, we're not letting you. You're a slut. You're a hussy. And, you know, the father starts going off. I don't know who the hell you think you are. Oh, she's making, I think she was drinking a beer in front of them and smoking, putting her feet up on the coffee table. I was just like, oh, yeah. oh man, it was so bad. I was just like, oh, what Not is really a point? way to ingratiate yourself with the parents. No, and that's what I was wondering. I was, as I was watching this, I'm going, okay, I know this is deliberate. What's her agenda here? Is her agenda to get the parent, I think ultimately the agenda might have been to get the dad off of his back. You know, like, hey, you're, you know, because I think she even told the dad off, like, hey, do you ever compliment him? Do you ever make him feel good about himself? Do you ever point out the good things about him? No, you're, you're ragging on him all the time, you know, but it just, that whole scene was just disturbing. It was just like, oh, I think there's an agenda here. I'm not quite getting it. Um, ultimately, yeah, she erased the dad's memory or some shit. She didn't touch the mom. She just touched the dad's memory and he didn't know who the hell Gary was, you know, <laughs> but I was just like, oh my gosh, she's sitting there with a, you know, dressed like a slut drinking a beer, you know, talking about, and I love that the line from that. What was it? Sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips. Uh, what was chips, it? Chips, dips, uh, leather whips, something like that. Or ch- chips, dips, chains and whips. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I was just like, oh, this is so brazen. Oh my God. Of course, and of course, you know the the running gag throughout that with the father afterwards is, oh, uh, Gary, who's Gary? Who's Gary? My son, I, Gary. You don't remember Gary? Just, She's like showing him pictures. That was Gary. <laughs> the dorky looking picture of him, and I just, you know, oh god, the the parents with their like blank stares, like, or maybe maybe it's not really blank, maybe it's like incredulous stares. And just the dad looking kind of like irritated at her. It was, cla- and I know I've seen him doing that in some other. I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I believe he was in Bewitched, and I want to say he was a neighbor, and he had the same kind of demeanor with this irritated look on his face. He's trying you to figure what? out. I wonder if he was Gladys Kravitz's uh, husband. I believe so. I cannot. I, I can't. Ver- I, it's been years since I've seen Bewitched, but he played a similar character in Bewitched. I'm sure of it. And it just when I saw him, I'm like, where have I seen him before? He plays it so well that just irritated look. You know, he doesn't have to say a word. He just looks at you, and you can just tell there's just this you know, repulsive disgust, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> he pulled, he pulled it off brilliantly, but yeah, I love that Gary. Who's Gary. Uh, so I don't know if maybe the ultimate part of that was just to get him to get off of Gary's back. That's, that's my only thought uh, as far as that scene goes, what her intention was there. Yeah. Well, they, and I know that when they do have the party, they get back to the house, you know, Gary and Wyatt are there and they're like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? You know? And they're, they're trying to stress, they're stressing out over this whole party that's going on. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Ian and Max's girlfriends do come up with them, and they're like, "Okay, um, you know, we need to use the bathroom. We need to get away from these guys." Mm-hmm. And they come up, and what what happens? They run into Gary and Wyatt. That was pretty funny too. And I have to interject before we get into the party: is the house isn't Wyatt's house the same house as Jake's in Sixteen Candles? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it <laughs> is. And I wanted to say, was the color of the house different? Or because I thought that the house was darker in Sixteen Candles, it looked nope. the same, but may, but maybe it was just because the party at Jake's was at night and it made it look darker. Yeah, no, they were. It was the same house, same the light, same exact, everything. same exact house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and, I, and I remember you had mentioned that when we were doing Sixteen Candles, so I was looking for it, and I'm like, that is the house. Yep. Very cool. Uh huh. 
But they, you know, they go through all this. They they see the girls. They meet the girls, and the girls are kind of flirting with them a little bit. They're not sure. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't really until the girls go downstairs and start talking to Lisa. Uh huh. And Lisa's kind of like, "Oh, you should see these guys. You know, they're they're madmen. They're awesome." Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, what? really? Exactly. These guys?" And they're uh-huh. like, "Yeah, this is this is Gary's party. You know, this is Wyatt's uh-huh. party. What? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. we thought that you were the one throwing the party. No, no, no. This is Wyatt's doing." Yeah. Um, oh, you should see okay. these guys. They're great. I've even showered with them. And the girls are like, you've <laughs> showered with them? <laughs> I have to say, too, I have to interject. Okay. I love the part where, you know, the girls first come up to the bathroom and then, you know, Gary opens the door and then, you know, why it's like Gary was just taking a shit, you know, and then the yes. look on Gary's Why something, goddammit? Put a forest <laughs> fire on. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, I love that. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, how many people were in that house? Probably easily a few hundred. I thought it was like, okay, they should have had more people. And, you know, with maybe a house like that size, maybe three bathroom house, maybe. I'm thinking, okay, there should have been a hell of a lot more traffic of people coming in and out of that bathroom than, than what there was. That was just a little, you know, little plot, you know, I don't want to say a plot hole, but it was a little something that I noticed. Like, okay, really, yeah. they're able to have a good five, ten minute conversation, just the two girls and the two boys in the bathroom without it being interrupted constantly. Well, no, they were interrupted because they did have those two fat, ugly chicks that showed up in there. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just like, in the, in the course of that whole scene, I was just like, yeah, there should have been a hell of a lot more traffic to make it a little bit more believable. And then I have to say, too, that was where I noticed that the movie tends to have a lot of red in it. The shower had red, you know, the sky when, you know, they're making the girl and all that was all red and cloudy. Did you notice that? There's a lot of reference to the color red. Oh, yeah. And they do actually make reference to the color uh, blue later on, too, because they have the kitchen that ends up getting turned blue. Yeah, Um, what was up with that? I didn't understand that. I guess that was just something that I thought I maybe I missed something. I thought I was like, why blue? I I don't know. Well, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that happened with it. it. It's. Things when they basically when they start going through and Ian and Max discover that Gary create you know that Gary and White created Lisa. Well, now they're uh, like, well, we want a chick like that, so create us one. That's right. And then they go, and then of course the red sky happens again, mm-hmm. and all of that. Was mm-hmm. that a throwback to like Frankenstein? Yeah, basically this whole thing yeah. was kind of spoofing off of that. You know, they they go through all that, they set up everything, they're going to try and bring her to life, and. Mm-hmm. What happens is that Lisa comes up and she makes a big deal out of it of, you know, you guys thought that you could get people to like you, you know, not because of who you are, but -hmm. because of what you can do for them, what you can give them. Yeah. Well, you guys fucked up again. What do you mean? We forgot to hook up the doll. That's right. We forgot to hook up the doll. And what happens? They get a giant nuclear missile coming through their house. Yep. Uh, which to me was so over the top. I was oh, like, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, a Pershing two missile sticking through it. It was like, okay, you know what? I'll give them that. It was okay. It worked. It was, yeah. it was okay. You know, <laughs> uh, but when they go through all that, when they are firing up everything, you see everything kind of going crazy. Books are flying off the shelves. You yes. know, furniture is getting <laughs> sucked out through the chimney. All of it's getting <laughs> fired out into the lake outside. Uh, yep. You know, it, it's just, it's all goofiness. You see, you know, you see Wyatt's parents dancing in, in a photograph that's sitting there, which I thought was yeah. kind of odd, but, you it know, again, I went so with it. Cheesy. Yeah, it was, it was cute, but there was a lot of cheese in that. I was like, really? <laughs> okay. 
But they go through all this hell here, and Lisa's kind of like, you know what? These boys need some sort of boost to their confidence. Yeah. And what happens? She invites the bikers. She basically makes the bikers show up there, mm-hmm. trying to make the boys stand up for themselves. And they certainly do. They see the girls that they like. You know, the the bikers are trying to kidnap the girls and take them off. And they're like, that's it. You know, we're going to have to kick your ass type thing. And they yeah. get a spine. And it was kind of like, wow. You know, and everybody's kind of like, okay, well, we're going to pull this off. You know, the guys are going to take off with the girls. And Gary pulls the gun on the leader. Uh-huh. And that it was, scene was so cheesy. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, but, I mean, he's pointing the gun uh-huh. right at his head. And he's like, you know, we're going we're gonna to stop this. And you're not going to have, you know, you're going to leave the girls here. And you're going to get the hell out. And you're going to say sorry to everybody here before you leave. And, mm-hmm. you know, sure enough, they go through all that, and they are, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry that this is happening, you know, we apologize. Yeah. They leave, and one of my favorite things is the the one mutant biker guy that we're talking about that uh, was from Hills, the Hills Have Eyes, and the Hills Have Eyes too. Uh-huh. Uh, he says one of the best lines I, I found in the movie, oh, uh, can we just, like, not say anything about this? I'd really hate to lose my teaching job. <laughs> Yes, that was great. That was great. Yeah, you know, I just I burst out laughing. I'm like, oh my god, that was that was just classic. It was funny. You know, and of course, Wyatt. You know, Wyatt's like, where the hell did you get the gun, Gary? And Gary goes, ah, oh, it's nothing. It's a squirt gun because Lisa had shot him in the face with the water earlier in the car. Yeah, yeah. He waves the gun around, fires it off, and it fires a live round up into the ceiling. Uh, yep. So I was like, oh my god. Or Lisa's handiwork there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But they, you know, the boys end up pairing off, and Gary does get Deb, and Wyatt goes with Hilly. Which I gotta say, I thought that I thought that that blonde Hilly was a lot more attractive um, than her friend Deb. Oh, Deb was the blonde. Deb was the blonde, and then Hilly was the was the oh, brunette. You're right. They I, were I got both backwards. Cute. I thought they were both cute, but yeah, the blonde was definitely. I thought, you know, yeah, prettier. I yeah. just I, I liked her a lot better. There's, you know, again, maybe it's just me. I have a partiality for blondes, but you know. It's yeah. She was she was prettier. She yeah. was definitely prettier. They were they were both really pretty and cute. Yeah. But yeah. It's uh, well, I will say that when they were stopped in front of the door to go into the bathroom, uh huh. Their fucking makeup was. Did you apply oh. it with a trowel? Oh, oh, it was so bad. I just kept wanting to reach through the screen with baby wipes and like wipe their faces. It was yes. so bad. I'm it just like, just... oh god. You know what? I'm so glad that you know I didn't start wearing makeup until I was 12 or 13. You know, 1990, 91, and I'm glad. Because I would cringe. I mean, I cringe enough now as it is looking at pictures of myself from back then and the makeup and the hairstyles that I had in the 90s. But my God, that makeup was so overdone, like put on with a butter knife. It was so awful. It was just like, oh, I had to resist the urge as a mom to like reach through and like (laughs) (laughs) scrape off their faces. Just just wait until your daughter says, Mom, I'm going to start wearing makeup. (laughs) She does, and I allow her to, but it has to be very like, you know, clear lip gloss and you know very she's got brown eyes like me so very light brown eyeshadow but no foundation no nothing else it's just okay you could put a little bit of lip gloss and she can wear nail polish and she can put a little bit of eyeshadow on she's gonna end up coming to look at you like you know britney spears or beyonce or something one day uh, just caked on (laughs) you know if she does my husband and i will have no problem telling her go into the bathroom and wipe that shit off you are not leaving the house looking like that she tried it one time on me and i'm like you know can, you know coming in and all decked out and i'm like no 
get that crap off of your face. You are not going to the school like that. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's part of the ex- exploration and the experimentation of wearing makeup. Oh, but yeah. She's, she's, she's got to push the limits too. She's got to know oh, where the boundaries are. For the shock factor. But yeah, that was, a, that was the actual style of the 80s was just the dark and, you know, really thick makeup and the big hair and the overdone. And, know, and like the crazy, the, the crazy, the uh, crazy, eyeshadow because it's always the like every time i saw 80s movies they always had like you know this bright green or this bright blue eyeshadow that's like yes and like the bright red lips and or bright pink and just the big you know oversprayed hair yeah just oh god it was so awful and i'm glad that i didn't go through that phase you know because i would really really cringe but yeah that was that was pretty truly represented for that time and it was god awful um but yeah, they were. But despite that, despite their outfits and despite their makeup, they were very pretty. Yeah, very cute girls. You know, I I do have to say that you know they they go through all this. They end up sh- spending the night with uh, Gary and Wyatt. You know, they're kind of together with them. It's like okay, you yeah. Know. And, and of course, what happens? Chet comes in and it's like, what the hell are you guys doing? You're sleeping together. You know, I'm looking for Wyatt. This is not going to fly. The house is trashed. Yes. Oh, he was a dick. Oh yeah. yeah. He comes home and he's like, you know, he sees all this and he's like, that's it. And Lisa's like, no, Chet, you're not going to say anything. She kind of stands up for the boys. I mean, yes. you know, because they do try to stand up to Chet and Chet is still mm-hmm. just like, fuck you. I'm not allowing any of this shit to fly. You yeah. know, mom and dad are going to find out about this. You're going to have to pay me so much. You, no, no. You know, he's just trying to extort money out of them left oh, and right. Oh, totally. Oh, it was awful. And I loved how he came back from hunting or whatever, and the room was snowing. I thought that was hilarious. I'm oh, like, where the yeah. hell did the snow? That was another what the fuck moment for me, but it was cute. I was like, I, I love this. Only, you know, maybe it was just, yeah, it was a way to get his goat and piss him off. But it just he, he was so, he overacted so well. It was so overdone, so overacted. But it was oh. so great. I was well, just like, oh. I, I love what Lisa does to him because she turns him into this like giant pile of shit crossed with a I, toad. I was gonna say, was it shit? Was it a toad? What was that? Okay, so it was a shit toad. Yeah, we, you know, okay. it's just and he's sitting there and he's like, oh, you know, and they come in, chat, and, and of course she's like, look, you're gonna behave. You're not gonna say anything more about these boys, or else the next thing yeah. I'm gonna do is give you a pair of giant elephant balls. And he's like, oh no, oh yeah. You know, of course, he goes through all this, you know, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be apologetic, I'll be nice to the boys from now on, you know, I'm yeah. not going to let them, you know, I'm not going to do anything more to them, and he kind of plays it all out, and they're like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, she says, you know, look, Gary, you need to take your girlfriend home, Wyatt, you need to take your girlfriend home, you know, Wyatt, you take the Porsche, Gary, you take the Ferrari, he's like, Ferrari? You can yeah, what see, the fuck? You know, and he goes tearing through the, he goes tearing through the town to get her home. And he's like yeah. racing around. The cops are, you know, the cops are stopping him as he's hauling ass. And uh-huh. you know what happens is that he finally, at the very end of the movie, he kind of sees his girlfriend and he says to her, you know, he goes, "This is this is all probably going to change. I want you to love me for who I am, not yeah. for everything." And it's kind of the lesson that was learned here that Lisa was trying to teach him is, "Be yourselves. Yeah, you'll get what you want. You know, don't be yeah. what everybody else expects you to be." Uh-huh. Which is kind of a nice, you know, it kind of was the nice lesson going throughout the movie. You know, Absolutely, yeah. Wyatt does the same thing. You know, he kind of tells his girlfriend, you know, hey, and he's like, I love you. And, you know, he's going through back off, back off of her porch and the sprinklers are going on and he's getting sopping wet. And he's just like, 
I don't care. I'm in love, you know? I have to interject with that, too. What the fuck? If I were the girl, I would have been like, what? What did you just say to me? Again, I'm trying to tap into the 15, 16-year-old me. But they weren't even, like, together really as a couple. They Well, I guess they had spent the night, you know... Yes, it was well done. They were all, you know, fully clothed. I don't, you know, we don't know if anything happened in the bed, but yeah, he said, I love you. And I was, I, I was like, really? I it just, it seemed a little out of place to me. I was just like, you know, I can understand wanting to be in love. I can understand feeling that, but to say it that quickly, it just, and her, the look on her face was kind of like, uh, okay. And she kind of smiled and walked off. Um, and it just yeah but anyway what was my train of thought oh okay i just thought it was just weird that he said i love you i you know then again that's happened to me too where guys have said i love you and they didn't mean it or they did mean it and it was a little quick but yeah that's i'll just chalk it up to you know being 15 16 years old and the whole excitement of of getting together with somebody and you know for the first time and you know you know, being happy. We've all been there. I I know I've had my moments where I've told a girl I love you, and it was like okay, and it was you know, hell, I I knew I loved my wife before I left her from the first date that we had had. So oh yeah, you know it, it happens, and I know that you know it's mm-hmm. you know we just don't always want to admit it. Now we're, we're trying to be older, and we're trying to be more cautious now. So you know, That's hey, true. teenage love is what it is. That's true, and I do have to say I thought it was sweet. It was a little cheesy. But it was really sweet, the scene with Gary and Deb in the bedroom where they're talking about Lisa and she's asking, do you, you know, how do you feel about Lisa? And, yeah. and he said, I love, I love her and all that. But he's explaining, you know, I love her kind of like a sister. You know, she's taught me a lot, whatever. She's very special. I love her, but I'm not but in she, love with her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, then, and then he's like, you know, if I could make her, I'd be, you know, I, I'd, I'd make her be just like you. I was, I literally, when I watched oh. that, I was like, oh, <laughs> literally out loud i'm like oh you know so that was a sweet little moment there that you know and of course she you know smiled and kissed him and i was like oh that's sweet you know because she's like well you know of course she'd be worried you know look you were with this older woman you know who's hot you know what are you gonna do with a teenage girl i don't have the bod like that i don't have you know i don't have her looks i don't have her body um yeah. So I did think that was sweet that he you know if i could do it again i'd make her be just like you i thought that was cute yeah well, they go through all of this here, and again, you know, I'm going to spoil the movie for everybody because we pretty much have covered just about everything in the movie here. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, you know, they go through, they say their goodbyes, Lisa disappears in a puff of smoke, and everything around the house starts going back to where it was beforehand, before everybody left. Missile mm-hmm. disappears, you know, and of course it's yeah. all kind of resetting back to normal as Gary's, yep. you know, as Wyatt's parents are driving up. Yes, and I have to interject. Did you catch the Mary Poppins vibe about that? Oh yeah, yeah. In, in fact, I she uh, Kelly LeBrock actually said when she was billed the role was that it was basically going to be she was going to be Mary Poppins with a great set of tits. I wondered about that because I, that's the first thing. Even in the when they were building her and all the chaos going on and the stuff coming out of the chimney and then going back in, my first thought was Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay. And then you know, even the furniture coming out. And then of course, as you know, as the parents are walking into the house, the things are getting put back, and the and, and the uh, computer tricks that were done. Yes. You know, to put furniture back in the room and to put things in, in, in the you know, proper place. My thought was, I wonder if this was a nod from Hughes to Mary Poppins. It uh, might very well have been. I I didn't find anything else about that to say that that was. 
But other than other than, yeah, she was there to kind of guide them and she kind of taught them. So in a way, yeah, it was she actually said that in an interview that she was like Mary Poppins with a great set of tips. Yes, <laughs> that's hilarious. And that that just kind of I got I kind of thought a little bit further beyond, you know, beyond just the computer tricks and the you know, stuff coming in and out of the chimney and the, and the house getting, you know, in disarray and then getting put back together. Beyond that, I was thinking, well, yeah, in a way she she came in and she kind of cleaned up for them. She, just like with Jane and Michael and Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins mm-hmm. came in and, and fixed the family dynamic and kind of improved their lives and taught them a bunch of stuff. So yeah. in a way, it could be kind of, there could be, you know, there's a parallel there. Um, but yeah, it didn't really come clear to me until the end when they were trying to clean up the disarray. And yeah. it was like, oh, well, this is a nod to Mary Poppins, whether it's, I'm sure it's deliberate. Oh, yeah, um, it was. Very cool. Very cool. But, you know, they go through all of this. It's, you know, everything kind of happens and they get everything cleaned up. The very end of the movie, you know, she's vanished. Everybody's kind of like, well, what happened to Lisa? Lisa uh-huh. becomes the, uh, she becomes the school's new gym teacher. I thought that was cute. I and, thought, and you know what, she, yeah. She shows up in that outfit that? and is like, oh, again, you know. Yes. Now, was the point of that to basically because all the kids that were in the in the gym were nerds so it was kind of like they needed help too from her was that kind of the point I so think she left so. them it she was... left Gary and Wyatt because they you know they had established themselves they were no longer awkward and geeky and nerdy they didn't need her anymore so therefore she's going to go to these other kids that was kind of my thought of it yeah i mean but... it was kind of like she was picking up and they you know i i don't know if John Hughes had ever wanted to make a sequel of this movie although I do know that he ended up that they did end up coming out on USA networks uh back in the late 90s I think it was maybe there early 2000s was there was a TV series Yes I remember that and I might have even seen that Yeah instead of having Kelly LeBrock they had Vanessa Angel who was she was still that same British type accent and uh-huh. you know still absolutely hot you know just Carrying it off. The two guys that they had playing Gary and Wyatt really kind of sucked. And it was like, no, it just, it didn't, it didn't work. work. Didn't work yeah. at all. Vanessa Angel worked great as Lisa. But oh, wow. everything else was just kind of like, this is shit. How long did the show last for? Because I do seem to remember on, yeah, on USA, um, Weird Science. I want to say it ran for like for like 13, 13 episodes or something like that. Or maybe it was 24 uh, episodes. It wasn't very long. Oh, okay. It had, so, like, yeah, it it had like one season. It didn't resonate with people then, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it could have been better. It it just fell flat, you know. Yeah, kind of like the Ferris Bueller one. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there are certain things, certain things about the '80s that really should not have been made. That uh-huh. was one of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think that they, I want to say they made this uh, right around the same time, like right after Ferris Bueller's TV show. Uh, that or they did it right at the end of Parker Lewis can't lose. Try and pick up on the popularity of Parker Lewis. Okay. Uh, try and catch that same dynamic. And it, again, mm-hmm. did not work. work. Did not work. Sorry, guys. You know, I I love this movie. I you know I wanted to be a fan of the TV show. The only episode that I ever remember was when you know Lisa turned the boys into girls, and they're standing there in front of a mirror and pulling their shirts up and going, "Hey." You think if we take pictures of this that we'll have pictures of them later so that we can actually see these boobs? Uh, <laughs> you know, and of course, as as they're looking at, as, as you're seeing them, it's basically you're seeing them as as boys, 
and they're pulling yeah. their shirts up. You're seeing flat chests and everything, but yeah. they're seeing themselves in the mirror and going, "Hey, we got a great set of tits." <laughs> <laughs> oh, how funny! You know, uh, so it's like, ah, okay, great. whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a little bit of trivia about this particular movie here. Alrighty. Uh, you know, again, we we've already mentioned the uh, girlfriend reference from Canada. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Turns out I found out Shermer, the town where many of John Hughes' movies is set, it's yeah. actually the name of a street that runs through several of the communities that Hughes used as a backdrop in his films. Oh, okay. So there's actually a Shermer Street in Illinois. Oh, okay. Is that what the inspiration you think came from to, you know, the Shermer High School, the Shermer uh, town of Shermer? It. Do you think that, uh-huh. Wouldn't doubt it at all. Yeah, which actually I have to say, the Shermer High School, that was the same one that was featured in 16 Candles, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, he kept he kept trying to use the same stuff, same locations, because he wanted to capture it and make you feel like everything was happening in this one particular town, which I think was Yeah, good. that's very cool. Uh, now, the film is titled after the anthology comic book series, which is named Weird Science. Uh, it was oh, put out yeah. back in the 1950s. Uh, came uh-huh. out by uh, came out by a guy named William M. Gaines and mm-hmm. his company EC Comics, which also published. Uh, I'm sure people have heard of them, Tales from the Crypt, and yeah. uh, they also published Mad Magazine. Very cool. Uh, plot of the the plot of the film, this particular film here, is based loosely on the story Made of the Future by Al F- uh, Feldstein uh, oh. from the fifth issue of Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what happened back in the early '80s? The producer of Weird Science, Joel Silver, he acquired all the film rights to all of EC Comics things. Uh, uh-huh. So he's actually he was actually coming through, and he was the one who said, "I want to start making this movie." Uh, I I want to say that Silver is also the one that created the Tales from the Crypt TV show and the movies mm-hmm. that came out that were again they're bad, but you know you kind of tolerate uh, it. They were yeah. kind of trying to do a whole Twilight Zone type of thing, but with horror, and it kind of works, but. Not yeah. one of my favorites, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. Mentioned about the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentioned about Vernon Wells. Uh, oh, there's a line that Chet says, and I didn't happen to catch this here in the movie, but I, I remember seeing it when I saw the movie for the first time. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill Paxton had a line from Chet. <laughs> How about a nice greasy pork sandwich served in a yeah. dirty ashtray? And it's yeah. when he's drunk, when um, when Gary is drunk. He's, like, trying to get him to yeah. puke. It yeah, was that based was, – yeah. uh, that was actually based on something that his father, John Paxton, used to say to him when Bill was hungover from a night of drinking. Oh, really? Oh, that was – oh, that was disgusting. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I just I, – I remember seeing that and kind of going, oh, yeah, because when I was – when I used to work at AT&T, one of the guys I worked with, he would say that sort of thing to me all the time. Like, I, was, I would be feeling sick, and I, I never – I have never been drunk enough to where I had a hangover. Okay, never really? been that bad off. But wow. I've been where I felt like I was going to puke just from you know nastiness and the flu, whatever that's going around. Yeah. And so for him to say that, you know, he used to say that to me all the time when I'd feel like that, I'd feel like shit, and he'd be like, "Oh, hey, how about a you know greasy pork sandwich and served in a dirty ashtray?" Ugh. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, that's funny. I don't know if I mentioned this here, but the license plates on the Porsche 928 yeah. changing from Gary to Wyatt. Yep, depending when, on who was driving, right? Yeah, I, I thought that was yep. kind of weird, but it was kind of like it made sense to a point, yeah. you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I first Showing noticed them as it. being cool. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a further accentuate the fact that they're just so freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I first noticed it when he pulls up in the parking, you know, he pulls up from, um, oh God, was it the party or something? I remember seeing the car before uh, they actually went out, to, before Lisa actually told him why you take the girls home. I remember yeah. seeing Wyatt on the license plate. Yes. Was it when he was driving after the bar? Might have he been. Drove them, he drove them home after the bar. Well, that was the pink Cadillac, though. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about, and I can't place it. But, yeah, every time they drove, and then when they each had their own cars, they each, you know, one, the black one was Gary's, right? And then the red car was mm-hmm. Wyatt's, right? Yep. Um, yeah, very cool. Uh, that's pretty much all that I have for trivia. If you've got anything else that you want to interject here, maybe fashion or something like that. You know, let me, let me see. Um, I did notice something, uh, just cause we had done pretty in pink recently and some other ones. I don't know if this is one of John Hughes's favorite bands, but did, have you noticed that in pretty much every movie that there's been a talking heads poster featured in oh. every talking heads i noticed that there's a poster a talking heads poster in wyatt's room and i don't know if it's the same poster but i happened to notice that even you know in molly ringwall or it was in the record store i think maybe in the pretty in pink um and 16 candles there's a talk there in every movie it seems like there's a talking heads poster so i don't know if that again was one of you know i know that he liked the beatles um, yeah, and that I was did, something I did not pick up on. If there was anything with Beatles this uh, in this uh, movie, I could not find anything. I could not either. This one did not have very many. It had a good soundtrack. I didn't notice really any sound effects. Um, maybe there were a, a couple. Few. There were a couple of them, like when they first see Lisa and they start like type thing. You yeah, know? yeah. It was it was kind of understated in this one, um, and I did catch. Um, on the pink caddy, the license plate before it got turned to Lisa. And I don't know if this is significant, but you know, he does seem to do a thing with license plates and I know I caught the license plate and it was one, three, five, seven, four, nine. So I don't know, would you happen to know what that's a reference to, or if it's a reference to anything, or maybe in this movie, he just chose not to make the license plates significant to him. But I was like, one, he might three, have had seven, something four, with nine. that, but I'm not sure. I'm, obviously, it's some sort of personalized license plate because it's all numbers, but I'm not sure what yeah. the reference would have been. I know. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm going 135749. Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe it was a classroom yeah, so, for where he went to film school or something. Something, yeah. So I'm kind of curious about that, but, you know, but other than that, pretty much any time we see license plates, it's just got their names on it. So this one was a little different in that regard that he didn't – you know, the license plates kept yeah. changing they were, and they were in reference to the characters. It wasn't something referencing to his life. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then also, yeah, the talking heads poster and that's something to kind of watch out for. I, you know, I just, I, I noticed it. I'm like talking heads again. What the heck? Um, so again, it, it being the eighties, you know, early to mid eighties, the talking heads were pretty big then. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it was Anthony Michael Hall's favorite band. I, I have no idea. Um, and yeah, other than the license plate, I don't really have a lot of trivia. That's okay. About- I mean, I, this is basically what I found out. I mean, you, you know, everything we kind of covered and this is mainly it. I, I have to say, you know, I love this movie again being, you know, when it came out, I was, you know, 14, I think 13, 14 years old, Loved this film, thought it was perfect. You know, it's, it's everything about the eighties that epitomizes it for me, you know, yeah. the, the 
squared off shoulders, you know, the blues clubs that were popular in the 80s, you know. Yeah, the, you know, the technology. Was, yeah, you know, it just kind of fit everything, you know. I loved it, you know. And I understand that, hey, you know, not everybody's going to love this film. That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's just going to be like when we go and cover Army of Darkness in October. I know oh, people are going to yeah. hate that film. You know, people are going to say, this is cheesy, this is horrible. You have to understand that I still love that film because it's so bad, it's good. Yes, and that's, you got to give it that. I mean, that in itself makes it, you know, it's it's yeah. got merit. If it's so bad, it's good. There's something about it, you know. It's memorable, yeah. which ultimately, yeah, it, if it's memorable, then it, it's got to be good, you know. Yeah. So, and that's something about this movie that struck me was that it's so unlike all of John Hughes's other movies that I had seen up to this point that I'm kind you know, it was neat to kind of see that, that it, he kind of branched out from the, yes, it was about teenagers. Yes. It took, you know, there was an element of, you know, there were love interests and whatever. Um, but it, it just, yeah, the overall message of it was a really good timeless message again, you know, yeah. just be yourself and, you know, who cares about it? What anyone else thinks of you, just be yourself, be true. And if people really, you know, care about you, they're going to gravitate to you. Just be yourself. Yeah. So I do, I do like the overall message of this movie that, you know, you can be a nerd, you can be, a, you know, really, really smart. You can be whatever you are and it's okay. And people will, and I liked that he made the, the girl, the love interest, the girls very sensitive and sweet. They were popular, but they were not uppity. They were not bitchy. Well, and they, that was partly because they knew that they were popular only because of the crowd that they hung out with. Yeah. And they knew as soon as they didn't hang out with that crowd, that they were not going to be popular people. They were not going to be known. And, you know, they, when they started hanging out with Gary and Wyatt, they knew that they were still going to be, I don't want to say popular, but they were going to fit in because people, they, they, had somebody who cared about them. Yeah, I thought that was really neat that, yeah, those girls were not, you know, like, you know, the queen bee, you know, Miss Popularity necessarily, but yeah. they were popular enough that it just, yeah, it it made everything, the whole turnaround for Gary and Wyatt so much better because they genuinely liked them and, and you know, everybody genuinely liked each other. But it was, I thought it was very well done in the sense of, um, the girls were very nice and, and the boys were respectful and it just, it, it was, it was, it was definitely different than yeah. his other movies. And I, and I do like that. I do like that, but it was just the cheese factor and the, Oh, of course. What the fuck? Oh, of <laughs> course. Like, wow. And again, I'm a 36 year old woman. So you're looking at it, it when... you're looking back on it and implying, you know, you're putting a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, 21st century values onto something that came out, you know, and, 30 yeah. years ago. Exactly. And it's just, you know, so I can appreciate what it, you know, represented at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, just, but yeah, it, I have to say too, that this movie did um, make me very nostalgic. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. The eighties, in my opinion, the eighties were the best decade ever. So <laughs> in that sense, it was good. Um, so I cannot say that I hated this movie. I cannot say that I disliked this movie. Um, I do like Anthony Michael Hall. I'm still a fan of my Anthony Michael Hall to this day. Um, and it, it would have been more interesting if I had seen it at eight years old, nine years old, and then seeing it again now. Yeah. But I, I don't have that perspective to draw from. But it was it was well done. And John Hughes, you know, brilliant. And uh, again, capturing the teen spirit, capturing yeah. 
you know, what it's like to be a teenager, what it's like to be in a, you know, a quote unquote nerd, um, what it's like to be, you know, a quote unquote popular kid. And, you know, again, the unobservant parents and, you know, Lisa's role in the whole thing. And I, and I liked, yes, the kissing scene between Wyatt and, and Lisa grossed me out, but I was kind of glad that there was no, and I, I thought it was interesting too, that they didn't show a kissing. Well, they did show, um, Gary and her kissing, but it was very brief in the car. But yeah, I was kind of curious about that. Okay, obviously she's showing Wyatt, you know, how to kiss and whatever, but she didn't do the same thing for Gary. So that was a little weird. Well, I think that she saw that Gary was a little bit more popular. Gary was the one who was, he was a little bit more open and willing to try things. Uh-huh. Wyatt was the one who was more uptight. Yes, yes. So I, I thought also it had something to do with the fact that it wasn't Wyatt the one that in reality created her. So maybe that had something to play with. I mean, it was definitely Gary's idea to come up with making her, but Wyatt was actually the one that did it, that pulled it off. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good movie. I'm glad that I was able to see it. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up here. A uh, couple of things to note for you guys. We are going to have uh, I, this episode here is we're recording it now, and it's probably not going to come out for another two weeks. Uh, but we will be able to you will be able to listen to it. I'm not sure what our next episode is going to be just yet. Uh, we have, you know, we're going to talk about stuff and see if we can figure something out. I'd like to try and bring back some of the TV shows that we watched, uh, you know, as kids that we enjoyed kind of getting back into that. So we'll figure something out here, but we've got some time for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Also let you know is that I have recently been asked to co-host, uh, guest co-host on another podcast out of, lo and behold, Illinois. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Trivial Trivia Podcast. Uh, they will be doing their podcast here, and they're coming back here probably next week, I think they said, uh, to start recording, and I'll be guest co-hosting on that. So you guys Very can cool. look for me there. Uh, you know, and, and I'm sure I'll probably end up having them record an episode with me or with us at some mm-hmm. point. Because they, I've listened to their podcast. They're definitely fun people. They like to talk. Uh, again, it's just a matter of coordinating everything with everybody. So yeah, trivial trivia. Yes, trivial trivia oh. podcast. So you guys can look that up and see. Uh, I cool. I kind of like their formats. It's they are a lot shorter than my shows, obviously, but you know they're they're fun. It sounds like they're a fun married couple. So I think Very you guys cool. might enjoy it. Uh, yeah. So we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this up. Uh, I do want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of Talking About My Generation. Uh, Again, please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. It does help our ratings. Go ahead and and whether it's whether you post something bad or good, let us know how we're doing. You know, we haven't heard much here of any from anybody yet. Uh so please go out there, post up, tell us what you think. Uh you can send us a tweet here. I am at S P R Z O U T Sprizout. Mm-hmm. I am at mommy of three C girls. Okay. Uh, you can also email us at uh, mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation, or you can go to our website at mygenerationpodcast.com, and you can leave us feedback there as well as listening to us on Stitcher or streaming from the website itself. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off this episode with... Uh, Boingo Boingo's Weird Science. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention?
Science. Science. Science.